Blog Talk Radio. Fans, welcome to the show on another Sunday afternoon. Sun guy with you along with the coach with the most commas from coast to coast. He doesn't mean to brag, but he has to boast because his favorite all-time part of social media is making a post. Coach Mike Jones. Real quick before we jump into it, if you are looking for some pro wrestling today, Derby City Wrestling happening in Louisville, Kentucky in just a short time. So make your way to Derby City Wrestling if you're near there. We also want to send birthday wishes on the 80th birthday of Boogie Woogie Man Jimmy Valiant. And also congratulations on the upcoming nuptials with referee Aaron Greider and Freya the Slayer. Wedding taking place this Wednesday at OVW Arena in Jeff in Louisville, Kentucky. At, of course, the arena on Shepherdsville Road. So without any further ado, I want to welcome our guest back to the show. It's been a long while, but we have him back. Proud to have him here. Chief Jay Eagle, thank you so much for taking time to be with us today. Great, young man. Glad to be on here. Well, Chief, you are out of the South Carolina area, and South Carolina is a very noted hotbed of wrestling going back many decades back in the territory days it was part of the Crockett territory mid-Atlantic wrestling so you've had some of the legendary wrestlers out of that area Fabulous Mula had her camp in South Carolina and trained a lot of great wrestlers that have been in our business over the years independent wrestling really got Big in and around South Carolina when independent wrestling was sort of taking over the territorial system in the late 80s and early 90s. What can you tell us as far as your own personal research and looking into the history of professional wrestling in South Carolina? A little bit of history of me. I started wrestling in 1975. In 1985, I started promoting shows, and I promoted them up till three months ago. And, yeah, the thing about South Carolina, we got an athletic commission, so that cut down on ever Tom, Dick, and Harry running shows. But in North Carolina, you don't have to be licensed. And I've been thankful. I live right here on the line. Uh, a lot of the North Carolina shows start at 7 o'clock, so... If I stay within 60 miles of here, I can work North Carolina at 7 o'clock and be back to Spartanburg in South Carolina to work a show at 8 o'clock. And uh, even if I'm running late and they know I'm coming, I've been blessed on doing that. And that's basically what I've been doing the last year after promoting so much and dealing with the Athletic Commission and the government and uh, uh dealing with a lot of guys i just decided my last few years i wanted to travel so i went back on the road and i've worked for a little bit of everybody my years before i started promoting i worked for a lot of different ones so i knew a lot of ones just kept working uh north carolina tennessee georgia and south carolina here in the last i'd say six months okay Now, in South Carolina, you are part of one of the television 
based promotions, SAPW, and they had a really good roster of talent that went on to become big names later, and a lot of guys that had previously been big names from TV. They had a really good mix. There was a lot of great wrestling. They didn't last an extremely long time, but a lot of fans in the area still remember that promotion fondly. Oh, they they still running, too. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I told it to a guy by the name of Chad Coat three months ago. I had run some fire shows, and I come in off the road, and he made me an offer, and I told him if he could come up with the cash, I'd sell it to him. He went home, got the cash, come back and paid me, so that put me back on the road. But I still, I live about 10 miles from where APW runs, so it don't matter where I work on Saturday, I got to come back on, come back home. So I try to come back and hit APW. And yeah, those years I started, I had Ricky Morton, Boogie Woogie Man, uh, you Steamboat as a referee, George South, a lot of people. Uh, uh, Ron Truth Killen come in and told me one day he'd gotten some trouble with the law and the judge told him to find him a hobby and he wanted to know if he could get into wrestling I said yeah I'm hook you up so I tied him up with Chris Hamrick and it wasn't long he was back doing shows for me a lot of talent there and uh, you know the Hardy Boys come through here there's just so many that got their start with me because I always felt like it was a place for somebody, I mean, for everybody. If you sucked in the business, there was still a spot somewhere for you. So I tried to keep the guys rolling in and rolling out. And uh, uh, like I say, I, I love the wrestling part. The, the, the only reason I started promoting is I worked a show in North Carolina. And when I got there... They was workers or wrestlers out on the street parking cars with their belts on. I said, oh, this is ridiculous. I couldn't believe it. So I come back and started my own business back up. Now, you love the wrestling end of it. And if anyone's in the wrestling business for any length of time and you've been in for quite a while, injuries are just a natural part of that. You're going to get hurt at some point whether it's something minor that doesn't miss any time for you or something major that's going to put you on the shelf for an extended period. What are some of the injuries in your career that you've had to deal with? Well, one of the worst ones was I broke my Achilles tendon. That was a very bad thing. And I went to a show with a broke Achilles tendon and worked Bobby Fulton of the Fantastics, and that was a mistake. It it just pulled apart further. I had a couple of discs replaced in my back. I worked Ricky Morton in Georgia on a Sunday, and my wife didn't like me working on Sunday. But when the match was great, but when I got to the car and went to pick my leg up to get in the car, I couldn't pick my leg up, and it was uh, turned out to be discs in my back. Well, in 2018, I got a new left knee. I thought that would be the end, but... uh Eight months later, I was back in there. But uh, I guess the biggest thing was my broke Achilles tendon. Wahoo told me in those days, he said, that's what happened to Joe Namath. That's why he got out of football. I said, Wahoo, I cannot believe that I can't wrestle no more. So it took me almost a year, and I was back in there. I've been blessed. I broke fingers. I broke nose. Uh, sprung my ankles a few times, but I've been working 48 years, so I've had a lot of time to do all that. If I make it to 2025, it'll be 50 years for me, but I'm trying, buddy. I'm 70 now. Hopefully you make it for sure. We'd love to see that 50-year mark accomplished. Not many of us get that. Now, well, I've been blessed. A lot of things I've done that, uh, uh, I mean, I lived with Macho Man a while. I enjoyed that. I've wrestled on a wrestling ring that floated on the water on four 55-gallon barrels. I've wrestled on the water. I teamed with Wahoo. I've wrestled Wahoo. I did a lot of things that I never thought I'd do, and I did a lot of things that a lot of the other guys haven't done. 
Now, there are still a lot of wrestlers, comparatively speaking, that are active today that started in the 1970s. You have people like Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson and Kevin Sullivan and Jerry Lawler still out there that uh, have wrestled in the last year on independent shows. Guys of today's generation, if they go five to ten years, usually that's considered a long career and they're out of it, and they're wrestling far less matches than people that in the 1970s would have been wrestling. What do you think it is that made people's careers so much longer in your generation compared to what they are today? Well, you're lost without the business. It gets in your blood. It don't leave you. Even when you're an old man and can't work no more, you still remember the old days when you could. And I don't know. There's a website called Wrestling Does Something To Me, and I understand that, and I've always understood love hurts. So if you're going to be a full-time wrestler, you have to get used to the pains and the aches and the sprains and the hurts because it goes along with the business. There's been so many times that I'd come in and be real sore and I'd have to lay in hot water just to be able to move around because that was usually my thing when I got home. And But, yeah, they still love those guys active. We got the Barbarian and Boogie Woogie Man and Steamboat does a little refereeing and, uh, uh, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson's around, and Ricky Morton's son. I worked a lot of Tennessee with them boys, so I've known Ricky since we was teenagers. So uh, I've been blessed. My my dreams in high school was having me a race car when I got out, but I never looked back. Once uh, I started traveling with Wahoo, I was uh, basically started out driving for Wahoo and Sweet Handsome, and. Uh, it wasn't long we worked the town and Wahoo put me in there. And it's not like I was ever trained by anybody. I got thrown in there, and I had been around it enough that I knew what to do. Now, you've been around in several different roles in the wrestling industry. I'm sure you've had your hand in training some of the new wrestlers coming up. Looking into the future, do you think that training the new crop of wrestlers is something you're going to get into a little bit more as the active in-ring days are finishing? Well, I mostly had guys doing the training for me. I always had a, a nick for picking some could have a future in the business, you know, it's not for everybody, but if I could meet a guy and he had it in his heart and he wanted to do it, if I didn't train him, I hooked him up with somebody that would, and then I used him in the ring to see if I couldn't further his uh, career best I could. And uh, uh, I've even done that with announcers, with girl wrestlers. I mean, I'd see something in them. i say, oh, you know, I meet a guy and he's got a good voice and he knows wrestling. i say... You ought to be commentating or announcing somewhere, and there's guys like, uh, uh, well, not right off, I'm going to name a bunch of them, but uh, guys that's done good down this way just because I've seen they had something in them. Well, right now at this point, my co-host, Coach Mike Jones, is with us, and I know Coach has questions to ask, so I'm going to pass things right over to him. Right. Hey, what? Hey, brother, thanks for coming on. We're, we're proud and honored to have you on, and uh, thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you, Coach, for having me. Man, I'm really enjoying your story. My goodness. All right, yeah. so so here we go. Uh, who were your heroes growing up in ordinary life? My my hero, well, I wasn't a big wrestling fan, but the minute I met Wahoo McDaniel, he was my hero. We had, in wrestling down this way, we had Johnny Weaver and Paul Jones and, and Wahoo and Steamboat and quite a few of them, which I say Steamboat, me and him the same age, but... uh uh 
Yeah, I never thought I'd get into wrestling. It, it never even crossed my mind in high school. I stayed in a little trouble, and I figured, well, if I get into this, I can get paid for what I get locked up for. So, you know, I uh, my dream was to, I've got two sons. i got Easy Money and Dusty Money, and they've done good in the business. Dusty still wrestles. Easy Money, he's tied up with some girl off in Greenwood, so he kind of... Uh, faded away from the business, but uh, I've been blessed. My wife, my ex-wife, I should say, helped me in the business as much as she could, and and I actually was married to a girl that worked for Moolah for 10 years, so got to know Moolah real good, and uh, my son Dusty Money is by that lady. That was Lisa Darnell, but uh, yeah, I'm still hanging in there. Just wish me luck. I hope I make a couple more. Yeah, right on. Okay, and then uh, was you a fan of Wahoos when he was a football player? No, I never heard of Wahoo McDaniel. My dad was in a hunting club, and he told me one day I brought a friend home. I want you to meet him. Well, Wahoo was wrestling in our town of Spartanburg here that night, and we went to the show, and I said, oh, man, Wahoo wrestled Johnny Valentine, and they made a believer out of me. You could not have made me believe, because they'd smack shit out of each other. You'd hear them hitting each other every lick, and I always liked what Johnny Valentine said. You might not believe wrestling's real, but I can make you believe I am, and he could. He hooked me. Then, uh, as I got older and started wrestling, I had wrestled Greg Valentine probably a dozen times, and he puts me in mind of Johnny. He works a style I like. It's so and my, slow and my physical. Lord mercy, man. Anyway, I love him. He uh, he's a good guy. Got to know him, and uh, but the first famous wrestler I ever knew was Brute Bernard. He was a tag team partner of Skull Murphy in the uh, Mid Atlantic area, and uh, he was uh, he was a character. He did that crazy gimmick, and uh, but he was really a good man behind that character. Yeah, for sure. Okay, and then what about any other heroes, uh, heroes in ordinary life that weren't involved, that weren't famous, and then heroes in music or sports. Well, you know, I've always been a country music fan on people like Conway Twitty or Johnny Cash. I mean, I growed up on that. Uh, I, I mean, I actually thought about trying to get into music, but like I say, when I got hooked on wrestling, I never looked back. I played football, and this was something I loved. It was traveling and you know, starting out, I loved traveling with Wahoo and Sweet Hanson because Ever Shoney's or Waffle House or Huddle House, they went in. Everybody knew them, and 90% of the time they eat free. And oh, I said, This is life is for me, but I never thought it would be, but it did, and, and I've really enjoyed it. Nice. Okay, and then I got some notes I've been making along the way here. Yeah, Conway Twitty, people might not know, he owns one of the top 10 best Christmas albums of all time. You know, uh, when I'll never forget when I heard them announce on the radio that Conway had died. I was on the trip to Valdosta, Georgia, and I was actually in Georgia when they said that. On I heard, no, I heard it coming home on a Sunday. I didn't hear it going to the show, but yeah, I hated that. I've always been an Elvis Presley fan, and uh, oh yeah. You know, uh, uh, I still Elvis Presley fan at 70 years old, and he just, he amazes me, and, and, and his story amazes me, how he always wondered why he could do what he did, could do and nobody else could match him. Well, I always felt like God gave me a gift to be a pro wrestler, and I wanted to share it with people, so, I mean, I've had a couple of wives that didn't like me doing it, and but I still stuck with it, and uh, I guess I'll do it till I die. I'm kind of like I seen a picture of the Undertaker. His wife said, "Finally, no more wrestling." And Undertaker sat back up when she said that. <laughs> so I thought that was cute. Amen. What a blessing. Okay, and some more notes I got. Yes, Wahoo McDaniel. I was a huge fan of all of his matches, even when he wrestled jobbers. 
And then, of course, Wrestling 2 is like my favorite wrestler of all time. Um, so, yes, I love the, that area of wrestling and the history over there, yes. Yeah, well, he was so humble. Is He never, in my mind, he never knew how great he was. He never let on. I spent time with him just as a kid to start with, and he was good to me. And then when I had sons that come along, he picked with them, and they become good friends with him. And it really broke my heart when he passed away. I, I mean, it actually was to the point, point where I thought about about quitting wrestling because it bothered me so bad when Wahoo died. Oh, wow. Thank goodness you didn't. My goodness. Thank you. And then, okay, what about, did you uh, play sports in high school or growing up? I played high school football in the 10th grade, but uh, I got me a car and a job at Bilo bagging groceries, so I kind of gave football up and, uh, just so I could have a car and go to work and, and do that. And uh, that's all I've done was played football in the 10th grade. But okay. I was always a very physical person. I mean, like I say, I wasn't trained by a wrestler, but my grandpa had an old house that was full of mattresses. And we had those mattresses spread out in every room, and we would flip and slam and jump and fight, me and my cousins. And I did not know we'd give each other backdrops, and we didn't even know what we was doing. And uh, that's really where I, I got my learning. It never was like nobody training with me, but I worked with a lot of guys that would, you know, knew what they was doing, and that was good for me to start with. First time I ever wrestled Brute Bernard, he put knots all over my head, hit me with a chair about ten times. And the next night I wrestled him in another town, and he treated me like I was made out of gold. He made me look like a superstar, and it was kind of my initiation. And then uh, later on I wrestled Bob Orton Jr., and when we locked up, he brushed my nose, and it started bleeding. And he's telling me the whole time, that looks good, kid. Your nose bleeding in the ring. And then when I got out of the ring, Piers Watley said, that wasn't no accident. You just got initiated again. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, yeah. Give me yeah, a memory. Yeah. I, I, I live with Macho Man, and he had me against Bob Orton one night. And I pulled it off, and I'm proud to say I did. Right on, man. You've wrestled some legends, and yeah, man, I'm really enjoying your story. Okay, so now, uh, how many different characters have you worked in wrestling as yourself? Well, I've worked heel, some, and baby, some, but when I started promoting, I found out it's hard to be a heel and call a woman fat and then go to Walmart and run into her. But they don't hold it against you, they still want to talk and pat you on the back, but. I used to embarrass my wife at the time because, like I say, I'd I'd say things like, I like a woman that move a refrigerator or a heavyset woman or marry an ugly, ugly woman and nobody will never steal her. And these women get mad at me. I mean, oh, yeah. so, the, so I put me in a woman scorned match. I put women all around the ring with belts in their hand, and I worked the top oh. baby face. And he'd throw me out of the ring, and they'd wire me out. I thought oh, I could yeah. outrun them. Nice. I thought I could outrun them, but they got me cornered, and they whooped the tar out of me, buddy. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I loved it. I loved it. They, a lot of them, that was probably eight or nine years ago, and they, a lot of them still tell me to this day that's the most they have, fun they ever had at wrestling. I thought, yeah. you know, well, I can outrun a bunch of women, but it didn't work like mm-hmm. I thought it would. They'd, re- they'd swing through the ropes and hit me. They didn't care. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, this next segment is called Favorites. I'm sure Sign Guy and the rest of the fans would like to know, if you drink coffee, what is your favorite coffee to drink? Well, I'm not a big coffee drinker. I, I drink a lot of Mountain Dew. I, uh you know, okay. growed up on coffee, but to quench my thirst, my favorite thing is the cold Mountain Dew. Okay, and then what what was your favorite concerts that you've seen? 
Well, I can go all the way back to some country concerts, but I think some of my favorite ones was the country singer Jamie Johnson. And uh, my wife, my ex-wife, was a big country fan, and she'd take me to see Dolly Parton and things like that. And uh, I'm a big Kid Rock fan. That was some of my favorite concerts. Yeah. uh, As I got older, I spent more time on the road and not a lot of concerts. Did you ever get to see Elvis? No, no, but I would have loved to. But I remember... When I got off the school bus and they said he died. No, I'm sorry. That was uh, President Kennedy. Uh, okay, yeah. Elvis didn't die to 77. I was already grown and married then. But I remember when John Kennedy got shot because Superman didn't come on that day. Yeah, okay. And then uh, uh, in your lifetime, what have been your favorite sports teams? I've always been a Redskins fan, so they started changing the names. And uh, Oh, uh, my God. What do you think of that? I don't like that. That's so dumb. I mean, I know a lot of Native Americans, and I never heard nobody complain. I don't no. know who complained about that, but yeah. that's just and ridiculous. They wanted and, to uh, Local high school here is the Burns Rebels. They don't change their names. They can't be rebels okay. no more. I can't understand oh, that. Goodness. So, yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah, they wanted to call them the foreskins, but they wouldn't let them. I'm kidding. Ah. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but okay. I've, always, I've, I've always liked the Dolphins. You know, Wahoo played for them. and uh, Oh, yeah. You know, I couldn't help but be a Wahoo fan. Even stuff I didn't watch, I researched as I got older. Oh, yeah, the undefeated Dolphins were amazing. Yes, yes. Okay, and then you already mentioned some some memorable matches to us, but in your lifetime, what are some of the most memorable matches that you've seen other than the ones you've mentioned? That that I have... on, hey, hey, hold on a second. That could be on a, a DVD from the 70s or, or the VHS from the 70s. It doesn't matter. Live... How, however you've seen it, the best matches you've seen. I've got a couple of local guys I've seen that really amazed me. I knew they had talent, but when I seen two of them together, they was good. But, see, I traveled and seen Wahoo against Greg Valentine, Wahoo against Ivan Koloff, Wahoo wow, yeah. against Van Vader. I mean, yeah. uh, I've worked oh bar shows God. with Wahoo against Van Vader, and that was just, you know, blowed my mind, even as a wrestler. And, uh, oh, wow, yeah. I, I've okay. seen, well, i put it this way, baby. I've seen thousands and thousands of matches in my days, if yeah. not on video or television, on the road. Yeah, exactly. Okay, and then, and then of course you me- mentioned the memorable matches. Some of them that you've had, like the strap match with the ladies. What are some oh, of the most mem- memorable matches you've been in or been involved with? Well, I've had quite a few of strap uh, 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 matches with a lot of guys and a lot of independent guys and. Uh, uh, one of the craziest things I ever done was I wrestled for a group that once a year on a lake they had called wrestling on the water and they had welded 55 gallon barrels on the bottom of their ring posts and their ring would float on the water. Well, when we got in the ring, a boat would pull it and pull it out in the middle of the lake and you lost your match by getting thrown in the water. And wow. I've, got, I've, I've had a lot of questions about that through the years but i hadn't seen it happen again since it happened in lancaster south carolina with a promoter named Merck carnes but i i've never known nobody else to do that now i've worked with george south when he's had a show in the ring didn't oh. show up so he put oh, mats wow. on the floor and we'd okay. backdrop each other, but oh, we'd, man. we'd do it off of the mats. <laughs> I mean, okay. it was wild. Oh, but, my uh, God. I've been blessed. And then I got a call. I don't remember who the promoter was, want me to work South Boston, Virginia. 
want me to work Nikolai Volkoff because Strongbow wasn't showing up. And I thought, me replacing Strongbow? I can't believe that. But I did. And uh, that's when I met Jimmy Snooker and some of them. And Snooker tied my tennis shoes and knots when I was in the ring. And when I come in the dressing room, Andre had my headdress sitting on top of his fucked out hair life. And so, you know... Uh, they was just ribbing me, and I enjoyed it, man. I tell you, it's, it's not as much memorable as the match as the trip. Okay, yeah. And then what about, I would imagine if Andre, you've been on shows with Andre, he was yes. in a lot of bat, battle royals. I would imagine you've been at least in, a, in the ring with him for a battle royal. Yeah, and I was actually on a float in the fire. I mean, in the parade with uh, Wahoo and Andre. That was interesting. Andre was on crutches. He'd hurt one knee, so he had to sit down on the float. But it was still something for me riding through town on a float with Wahoo and Andre. And then, so you, that means you must have got the big chop and the big boot from Andre. Oh, no, not other than just picking me up and throwing me out. But I have okay, wrestled okay. Wahoo just so I could chop him, oh. and he showed me who the king of the chops was. So. Oh, yes. But I okay, love him yeah. like a daddy, and I really enjoyed my time with him. He's uh, not just one of my favorite wrestlers. He's one of my favorite persons in the day. That goes right into the next question. Who are your favorite people to work that you haven't mentioned? Uh, well, I've worked Tracy Smothers, Bobby Fulton, Ricky Morton. Uh, gosh, man, there's so many. I can't name them all. Uh, I've, okay. I've, I've, uh, I've wrestled the New Zealand Express. Uh, I can't remember when I went to, and worked for TBS. I worked George Wells and Steve O and Jim uh, Nelson, and uh, I can't remember who all, but that was back in my early days. But Wahoo told me not to use my name, Jay Eagle, because I was putting guys over, so they called me Denny Wolf. And I just, uh, Gordon Stoley called me Denny Wolf, and I just went with it. But once I got out of there, when I first started, I was Jerry Eagle. But when I wrestled for Muncho Man, Angelo Poffo changed me to Jay Eagle in the magazines, and I just never went back to Jerry Eagle because I hadn't done it even a year yet as Jerry Eagle. So. Okay, and then do you got any uh, wrestling two stories for us? Well, I can tell you a couple of funny stories, like when I started uh carried my mom to her first match and I was young then I think I was early 20s and uh, me and my partner was wrestling two mask guys that kept switching in and out on us and I just happened to notice all at once my mom was in the ring standing over me telling them to get the hell away from me and I told my mama to get out of the ring but then I got ribbed by the guys for a year telling me well, I ain't gonna wrestle Eagle if his mama's with him. And I'd say, oh no, mama didn't come no more. And, and uh, I wrestled Johnson City, Tennessee, and I was traveling with a guy known as the Crusader. His real name was Buck Forster. Well, when we got there to go to the arena, we parked across the road in a bank parking lot. And when we got out of the van, he put his mask on. We got our suitcases out of the back, and here come the city police. They surrounded us because we was at a bank with suitcases and a mask on. So they wow. made us lay on the hot pavement while they checked our story out, but the promoter wanted to be funny and say, no, I never heard of them, but they had to come over <laughs> and identify us, and oh. they apologized. So, yeah. But that was a wild thing. Okay, nice. All right. And then let me see here. Who are some you mentioned? No, I would be willing to bet Wahoo is one of the toughest wrestlers you've ever faced. Besides Wahoo, who are some of the other toughest? Well, I always thought Greg Valentine was. You know, you'd chop him and he'd tell you you'd hit like a girl and you'd leave uh -huh. a handprint on him so hard that you'd hurt your hand and he'd still say you hit like a girl, but. Then one night I went to chop him, and he bent over, and I chopped him between the eyes. That was an accident. 
And he told me he'd seen stars when I'd done that. And I said, oh, I could have kept telling him I was sorry. But he said, don't worry about it. Shit happens. So, uh, you know, I've met a lot, of, a lot of tough guys in the business. I've met a lot of independent guys you never heard of that just should be somewhere making money, but life just didn't work out for them. Yeah, okay. All right, and let me see. What are your suggestions for people wanting to get into the business as a wrestler? Well, it's, it's, if you got it in your heart, I say go for it. Don't get in it for the money because it just don't seem to happen when you're in it for the money. But if you're you're in it because you love the business, and even if you go to a show with no promise to pay, you can pick up another book and would pay. So I always say if you're getting in the business, do all you can to start with because it's just going to help you in the long run. And then what's your suggestions for people wanting to be a promoter? Uh, find you a noose somewhere and hang yourself. Okay, there you go. No, 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 no. It ain't, it ain't <laughs> for everybody. Just always remember, show respect for the business. I mean, I yeah. worked shows in Tennessee that they had 12-year-old kids wrestling each other, and I just thought uh, it made the business look bad. It made all the the men's knockdown drag. I mean, the little boys was good. Don't get me wrong. They apparently was workers' kids. but uh, And then, like still, I said, yes. I, met, I mentioned this while ago. I went to a show one time, and I seen the champions out with the belts on parking cars. And I thought, oh, again, that's disrespecting the business to me because yeah. I grew up in the days of cafe. Okay, definitely. All right, and then uh, what schools would you suggest for people? Uh, George South, uh, I did the schools for a while, and they still do it at APW, but uh, I think one of the best country, one of the best trainers in the country is George South. Oh, definitely. Not, uh, not, not to mention all-time greatest wrestlers. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. But let me tell you something. Just because you're a great wrestler don't make you a great trainer. That's true. Okay, yeah. That's something I learned years ago. I'd have guys that couldn't train, and they'd do be very good in the ring and vice versa. I think I'm good in the ring, but I don't like to train because if I show them how to do something four or five times and they don't get it, I'm ready to hang it up. So... I never yeah. had the patience for it. Okay, and then, hey, what do you got coming up? I got uh, next Saturday, I'm going to work in Gastonia, North Carolina, during the day at a mall. It's a paid show, and then that night, I'll be back in Spartanburg at the APW Arena in Bowling Springs. Okay, and then I got some shows coming up. I got one in Knoxville, Tennessee. I got one in Laurenburg which is the other side of Charlotte from where I live. And uh, mostly, like I said earlier, I work APW a lot because it's close to home and it's a good promotion, respectable, and they draw good crowds. And so I'm over there. I've always been healed till I sold it and I turned baby. But uh, I'm actually, they needed a good baby is what they needed. Not saying it's me or nothing, but. They got good wrestlers. They just didn't have nobody that took. The school here in uh, APW, the crowd is old school, man. They love to heal against a baby. You can you can put two babies against each other or two heels, and they'll sit on their hands. But they actually believe down yeah, here, okay. and I like it. Okay, yeah. And then, uh, okay, that's awesome. And then, hey, how do people get a hold of you? Uh, you can get me on Facebook. I'm either Chief J Eagle or J Eagle. That's the best place. I've got a couple of phone numbers, but Facebook's probably the best place to get me on. I'm I'm generally on. Uh, thing about Facebook, I use it as a business. I don't use it as social media. Uh, I come along in the days when you had to call everybody and book them, but now. If they want to work, they can send you a picture of who they work for, who trained them, and you can look at them. And you would not okay. believe how many guys send me a picture of them holding a strap. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, everybody yeah, wants geez. you to know who they bailed a bill. Okay, yeah, all right. Okay, man, hey, I'm so grateful we had you on here. Turnbuckle Terminal has been going over 10 years now with almost about 1,900 shows now, so we're really grateful to have you. I wish right. you all the luck in the I wish you all the luck in the world. I'm sure sign guy, the guy who's so fly, he's going to take you to the sky. He's going to make you feel high. I don't right. have to lie. Let, let me tell you why. He might be better than baseball, hot dogs, and apple pie. Mr. Sign Guy, how you doing, brother? Thank you, Coach. Well, Chief, one of the things that was very common when you first started that is more of a controversial thing in recent years is bleeding in matches, especially if it has an athletic commission. A lot of times uh, the wrestling shows have to be careful with blood and how much blood there could be and things of that nature. What do you think of having blood in wrestling matches in the era we're in now and does it still compare to when you were breaking in? Well, no. When I was breaking in, there was a lot of people getting color. I mean, you know, I'd wrestle George South three times a month, and he'd get color every time. And I'd wear white gear, and he'd just run my white gear. Well, I had to get color because he did. I wanted to make it look good for him. But uh, I in South Carolina, yes, we got athletic commission. As a promoter, I'm supposed to stop the match and bring chemicals in and clean the ring up, but that don't ever happen. But uh, every now, I mean, I don't tell the guys to do it, and I don't tell them not to do it. But if we have a cage match and there's a little color, I think it's good. But no, not every week, and and no, not the same guy bleeding all the time. But, uh, you know, in my day, they always said red makes money, and uh, that's what the old promoters told me. And... uh, I'm just I'm still old school in a way where I don't like to see guys wrestling blue jeans or t-shirts. I want to see them in real gear, but blood's not really a problem here, only because of the athletic commission. Now you wrestled a lot of guys that were famous for bleeding, and they would bleed buckets and buckets and they would look like they were in danger of expiring at any time even though they usually were fairly safe. Guys like Wahoo McDaniel, Ricky Morton, Tommy Rich, notorious bleeders. Who would you say has been the best collar man that you've ever seen? Probably Ivan Koloff. He's the one that showed me how to do it. Nobody could see you doing it. And uh, uh, I don't know. I've seen a lot of them. Wahoo, Manny Fernandez. uh, Lord, let me think. Uh, You you just don't see a lot of it anymore. And, uh, you know, a lot of the young guys don't even know how to do it. And you mentioned cutting yourself with a razor blade. They ain't going to do that, but. You know, I don't have nothing against it. I just say don't overdo it. Now, in your career, especially in more recent times, have you ever hard-weighed a guy because they didn't know how to get taller? No, but I've hard-weighed me a time or two. I mean, really, I worked in a ring It had a piece of cable sticking out in the corner and when the guy told me throwed me in the corner and I turned around I had blood running down my chest and everybody was like, Man, you ain't supposed to do that I said, I didn't go look at the ring so uh I've seen guys really hitting each other and bleeding and generally I try to stop that before it gets started. But something I learned years ago, this is not really the question you ask, but if I get two guys that don't get along and hate each other, I end up in some way put them together, and you wouldn't believe how much hate that just, you know, they do away with over that. Now, obviously, like you said, South Carolina has an athletic commission, and athletic commissions 
differs state by state. Uh, some states don't have any, like you said. Some of them have very, very strict commissions, and they'll send a commissioner to watch every show. Some states have a commission, but all they do is sit there and collect the money and never That's send anyone out. Uh, in your own career, have you had to deal personally much with the actual athletic commission, or was it something where if you just sent your money to them, they left you alone? Well, uh, both. Uh, I got fined $3,000 one time for letting workers work without a license because I thought it was bullshit. Guys, I was using guys from Tennessee and they, Georgia, North Carolina, they don't have to have license. So it always cut me back on the talent I could use. But I was out there when the Athletic Commission started in South Carolina. We had a guy that worked as the butcher, and he would bring a raw chicken, and he'd eat on that thing before he got in the ring just to hurt the crowd, you know. And uh, he throwed it at another guy and missed him and hit a fan. Next thing I know, we had the athletic commission. And we also had a promoter that would put kegs of beer in the dressing room, and that's another reason they, they started the athletic commission. And they actually told me, if I could get all the promoters to come together and govern ourselves, they would do away with it. But they said, since the promoters don't get along, they have to govern us. That makes sense? Not entirely, but, yeah, I no commissions sometimes don't actually make sense. Well, the thing they do is you got to have a cleanup kit ringside at all times, so if anybody bleeds, you can clean it up. you got to have a, a barrier around the ring, five foot from the ring. There's no cussing. There's no fighting outside the area. Uh, like, a, like we talked about earlier, no color at all, no gimmicks. You can't, you're not supposed to hit each other with gimmicks because... Some of the guys was using the tube lights to hit each other with, and it got in somebody's eyes. So that cut the hard store co the hardcore stuff out. Always, it scares me whenever somebody hits somebody with a gimmick and it just flies into the crowd. So I can understand. Yeah, I, I mean, I've seen it happen. You know. Uh, and another thing, too, that just crossed my mind ain't really the question you asked, but uh, working in South Carolina for 10 or 15 years before I went to work for Macho Man in Tennessee and Angelo Popo, I had never seen wrestlers get up in the crowd. Randy and them, Randy and uh, Bob Orton Jr. And, and, Lord, I can't think of who all was there when I was there. But it wasn't nothing for them to be up in the middle of the bleachers slugging it out. But I'd never seen them do that here. So then I wanted to come home and do it. Now, as a promoter, a lot of people that have gotten into the promoting aspect simply get in and they think, all they have to do is book a few people they know, rent a ring, rent a venue, and they are good to go. But if people have been around, they know that there's merchandise to consider, insurance, licenses. You have to consider concessions and things like that that can make the company money. What do you think most promoters in the last few years really need to do in order to make their company successful at the independent level that you aren't seeing? Well, you got to have the money before you run the show. You can't expect the money to come in the gate to pay your talent because you end up with no talent that way. I mean, I've heard a lot of con men promoters, you know, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're getting TV. I mean, I've heard it all. And uh, I just say, if you're going to keep promoting, have money before you start, because it takes money to make money. It don't matter. You know, in the old days, we put out posters. Now they just put little ads on Facebook, and that's it. And uh, 
word of mouth draws down here because they got a good reputation in APW. Uh, you were talking about earlier about uh, using social media as a business, and since the dawn of social media, a lot of wrestlers have gotten into trouble with social media. They've lost jobs at national companies with social media. Uh, they sometimes uh, tend to blur the line between their actual personal life and their wrestling life. Do you think that wrestling schools should be teaching how to properly use social media as as a wrestler, or do you think that's up to the individual wrestler to either succeed or fail? Well, that's up to the individual. Uh, the thing about social media, you can hurt yourself. Or, I mean, I got hacked one time, and uh, and the thing about promoters, if they run the same area, they'll cut each other's throat. They'll take each other's posters down. They'll go on there and put canceled on a little poster that where shows going on at the Armory or something. So, you know, the thing about social media, you can use it as a tool to build your crowd if you got enough people on your page that'll come in and watch it. And then, you know, it's not just up to the promoter. It's up to the wrestlers and, and referees and everybody to tell people about it because I've done it with a crew to help, and I've done it all where it's all been on me, and one man just can't do it all and succeed. Well, we're getting down to the last few minutes of the show, and I want to make sure that there is ample time for you. If you have anything you would like to say to the listeners, if you want to plug and promote absolutely anything from merchandise to social media to upcoming events to your favorite breakfast restaurant anything at all you want floor is yours well after working one promotion for 30 years i'm ready to get back out on the road i've already worked quite a few shows in tennessee but uh keep me in mind guys i'm on facebook jay eagle uh send me a message i'll give you a price i'd love to come i can't come for nothing but uh i seem to still draw in this area and uh my name's out there pretty good because I think it's because I've been out there so long. But I'm going to tell you right now, listeners, I would give nothing for it. It's been a good business to me. And and I've had some bad things happen in my life. And thank God I had wrestling to keep my mind busy to get through some of these things. So uh, you can talk bad about it, but one thing about wrestling It'll take your problems off your mind for a few hours, and and 90% of the people I know that do it love it and enjoy it. Hey, definitely. Hold on a second. Hey, Signed, we got a few more minutes, don't we? We do. Uh, You got a few more minutes for us, sir? Yes, sir. I got time. All right. Let's play a game we call Word Association. Great. I'll throw throw out a name. You can tell us either a one-word comment or... However long of a description you got, we're we're ready for it. All right, lay it on me. Buzz Sawyer. Buzz Sawyer. I wish him and uh, uh, Benoit had lived in the same time period. I wish they had wrestled each other and I could have been there. Wow, you're right. Okay. And Think about it. Think about yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, and then what about wrestling, too? Wrestling, too, he's always been a neighbor. I, now, I worked a lot of shows with wrestling, one, but in my early days, I worked in Georgia. I worked with a lot of people like uh, Lord Pez Watley and a lot of guys that have been through the business, but I never worked a lot of shows with wrestling, too. Okay, and then, uh, of course, my next question was Tim Woods. Oh, yeah, I really like Tim. I learned a lot from him just by being quiet and being around him. And, uh, uh, yeah, I never understood the gimmick about you're still Mr. Wrestling One, but you don't wear the mask. I mean, I don't, you know, I never did understand that because <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm old school where if you wore a mask, you was hunting from the, hiding from the law or hiding from the child sport or ex-wife or something. I've never seen okay. nobody. 
You know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, okay. And then one of my all-time favorite heroes as a kid that I was blessed to see wrestle in the Northwest, whose life was cut short, Jay Youngblood. Oh, yes. Yeah, he ruptured his spleen, and they said he died after he got back home. Uh, yeah, I thought he was highly uh, talented. I love to watch Jay Youngblood team up with Ricky Steamboat. And I haven't mentioned you, this to you guys, but somebody I got in the business was One Man Gang. We growed up in the same building, and he come in on weeknight and wanted to train, and we hit it off. So when I went to work for Angelo Poffo and Randy Savage, I carried the one-man gang up with me, and he'd never come back again. He he went from there to Bill Watts, married a woman in Shreveport. We still stay in touch. It's George Gray, but he's a hell of a friend. Nice. Okay. What about Kevin Sullivan? I've never worked with Kevin. I've talked to him. Uh, I've worked for promoters that Kevin worked for, but the nights I was there, he wasn't there. But, uh, you know, I love what Kevin done in Florida, doing the devil gimmick now. And, uh, uh I've even had, I was on Christian TV one time here at home, and I had some guys that wrestled as the EOD was the, the, let's see, the elements of destruction or something anyway. And uh, it was kind of a devil worship gimmick. And they put me off Christian TV because they done that gimmick. I never thought, I never thought before that happened that that would get me put off TV. But it did. Okay, yeah, all right. And then what about, did, uh, how about somebody say, wildfire Tommy Rich? I wrestled Tommy Rich a few times. He called me that old Indian. But I did a lot of fire shows against Tommy Rich for a promoter name of Rock Parsons or Dave Parsons. And so that's a lot of my, especially me and Rock would wrestle Tommy and, and Chris Hamrick in these fire shows. And we had a ball doing it. And Tommy was a good worker as long as he wasn't nipsy. Okay, sweet. And then let's see, what about Johnny Fairplay? Are you familiar with him? No, I'm not. Okay. And then what I know who Billy? he is, but no, okay, I'm not yeah. familiar. Okay, and then what about Billy Jack Haynes? Oh, yeah. I've, I've not, never worked with Billy Jack, but I've watched some of his uh, uh, uh videos he's done talking about the business and i really enjoyed them yeah i loved him and wahoo's team that was cool yes yes and then uh what about the the carolina hall of famer cuball carmichael uh you got me going on that buddy i was good friends with junkyard but i don't know him okay okay all right cool all right, man, thank you so much. Sign, do hey, you have any more? more? Just one more thing. I went to work Lorenberg's show two weeks ago, and as we went through Wadesboro, I mentioned to one of the guys that I thought Junkyard Dog was born there. And and we looked it up on the Internet, and we was passing the graveyard Junkyard Dog was buried in. So oh. we pulled over, we went to his grave, we talked to his aunt who was there at the graveyard. His mama's oh, on wow. one side of him, and his daughter's on the other side. And, Man. But it was just perfect timing. When we looked it up Jeez. on the Internet, the graveyard was right directly to our left. So we just did a U-turn and pulled in. I believe in fate. That was it. I couldn't believe it, man. And yeah. You know, he worked for me, and then two weeks later, it was an independent show, he was coming back to work for me, but he never come back because he had that wreck. Wow. Okay, you guys can check me out at Coach Mike Jones, the coach with the most. Coach Mike Jones on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to check out the Real School Army in the NGW Green Room for hundreds of interviews from celebrities all over the world. And also the Coach Mike Jones Show podcast every Saturday at noon Pacific. We appreciate you guys so much. I got... Hank Miller next week on the 19th, the guys from Seattle Sports Union, the Soul Man and Abe. And then on the 26th, I got Y period dot T period Jones. And then on 
September 2nd, I got Suma Wokila from out of uh, Arizona, the, Mex- uh, the the Indian wrestler. I'm really excited to have him on. Thank you so much, okay. and thank you so much, guys. Hey, just always remember on Saturday night the people need some excitement. You got to get right and get tight, and the voices will unite and appeal pale light, and you'll hear eagle, eagle, eagle. That's what keeps yeah. me going. Nice. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me on. We appreciate you being here today. Best of luck to you as you keep heading towards that 50-year mark, and hopefully we'll have you back on the show again soon. Great. Thank you, guys. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Bye. Fans, you can jump on your YouTube. Look up Chief J. Eagle. He's been around a long time. There's lots up there going back. Many decades, so get familiar with him if you are not already. Coach, anything else you want to get out there? I just appreciate all the fans and all the the support and love and feedback and input all the fans give us. And for JD and QT uh, starting up Turnbuckle Turmoil and you giving me a chance and for you helping me get my own show and be on my show, I thank everybody. Thank you so much. We love you. All right, fans, I am headed to an undisclosed location to film episode 591 of The Sign of the Times. Also, you can find me on the Book of Faces, the Twitter, the Gram, Chicken Bob up there as well. And don't forget, upcoming nuptials, we will send our congratulations to Aaron Greider and former Glamour competitor, Freya the Slayer, as they get married right there in the heart of the Davis Arena, 4400 Shepherdsville Road in Louisville, Kentucky. Coach, I'm sure it'll be a tremendous ceremony because what could possibly go wrong with the wedding being held inside of a wrestling arena in front of a large crowd? I got to think about Oh, I know. Jeez, Louise. You just got flashbacks of about six of them, huh? Six of those shows. I'm going to hope it turns out like Uncle Elmer and his wife on Saturday night's main event and nothing at all goes wrong. I keep seeing Test, you know, Test with that look on his face. Let's hope that doesn't happen to poor Aaron Grice. I know, exactly. (laughs) All right, well, fans, we are going to be back with you next week, next Friday. We have Brandon Nitro out of the great state of South Dakota. One week from this very day, we will have fantastic young official out of Texas, Colin Stevens. He's a great young referee, just graduated high school, and he's already working some pretty big shows, so keep an eye on him. Join us as we get in on the ground floor with him. Everybody stay safe out there. Go support your local independent pro wrestling wherever it may be near you and we will talk to you soon Thank you.